The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Let me turn on my mic. Hey, Jay Lynn Nye. <laughs> hey, friend. <laughs> so listen, not a lot to say about this, but uh, as you've been hearing on our news this afternoon, WestJet pilots overwhelmingly uh-huh. voting to give their union a strike mandate. The pilots have said they won't strike prior to the May long weekend. They don't want to interrupt people's plans for that, but they are in a position to strike as of May 19th. Of course, I have a vacation booked with, as many others do, for June. Mm -hmm. Um, It's on WestJet, so I'm hoping this thing gets resolved. But, um, you know, it's just another step in what is a a process when it comes to bargaining. Hopefully they come to some sort of agreement. They certainly move a lot of passengers on a daily basis. 13,000 WestJetters and 70,000 guests who fly with us daily. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully they get that resolved. We'll keep an eye on that for you for sure. Hey, did you see this story? I We were both, uh, you were otherwise engaged uh, this afternoon at that, what was it called? The Momentum Mental right. Health Awards. So you were a little late getting in. I was very late getting in. In fact, Gord beat me here today. So, <laughs> um, But I did see this story. Um, there's not a lot to say about it either, except... It's one of those stories. There was, uh, did, I, I sent it to you, but as I say, you might have not uh, seen it. There was a crash on April 21st with an exotic car club gathering at Polson Pier in Toronto. Did you uh, see this story? Yeah. So here's, this is a weird, what were you thinking story. There was a car show of luxury exotic uh-huh. cars. And apparently, and we I've seen it around Edmonton too, where there's a parking lot. You just yeah. see a whole bunch of like cars, whether it be high-end or Jeeps or whatever, or motorcycles. So it was one of those kind of deals. So uh, people who owned a high-end car uh, were all gathering and showing off their cars. That's a lot of the reason why you buy a car like that. Um, but a couple of the guys who owned cars were late. So you've got a bit of a crowd there. You've got So they decide to give people rides in cars. Mm. And I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but not only did they decide to give people rides in these high-end cars, they actually let some people uh, drive the cars. Uh, yeah, so I guess this guy named Neil gets into the uh, driver's seat um, of one of the cars, um, not yeah, a McLaren 720. So he gets into the driver's seat of a McLaren 720, the owner of the vehicle in the passenger seat, and... I guess he just slams the gas and loses control of the car almost immediately. There's video of it. And rams the car into an Audi R8. Right. Um, the total combined value of the two cars is $550,000. Mm-hmm. And if that's not enough, the story gets worse. <laughs> so this guy who you don't even really know, except he said his name was Neil, and apparently... He doesn't have a driver's license and is not. Uh, uh, yeah, so he's in. You know, not only does he not how to know how to drive one of these vehicles, uh, luxury vehicles, drive. he doesn't even know how to drive. So, you know, maybe he's done it online. I don't know. But anyways, he gets into this car. The other guy gets into the passenger seat and starts filming. And so there's video of it. I saw it on the global site. I'm sure we'll have it on ours shortly if it isn't already there. Loses control of the car, slams into this other car. Now he nobody's hurt, which is great news. But the driver jumps out. Um, runs to the other car to, sorry, I guess, assess the damage, make sure nobody's hurt, and then runs away. Yeah. He's gone. 
He's nobody yeah. knows anything about him except his name is Neil. Supposedly. So, right. So Neil just flies that he left on foot, and everyone's kind of so stunned about what just happened. Nobody stops him. So he's just gone. So they phone Metropolitan Toronto Police to come take a look, and police find a Chinese passport that the picture matches the guy, although not the name, because apparently he wasn't called Neil. Um, so they're looking for him, but he's not a Canadian citizen. They don't know where to look exactly, but, you know, At police are pretty airport. smart, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> there should be. Well, I guess he can't leave without no. a passport, right? But, yeah, who owns a vehicle? I hate to judge, but who owns a vehicle worth three hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars and lets anyone drive it? It's a very poor decision on the uh, the owner of the vehicle. Yeah, very very poor decision. And there's two videos of this: one taken Mm -hmm. by the passenger from inside the car, and another taken by a spectator from outside the car. So you see both both perspectives. But he he literally loses control of the vehicle within seconds. He just punches the the gas, and I would say. Yeah, a second and a half in loses control because those you have to really be trained uh, to drive those. Hey, I've uh, I've driven an R eight. Oh, Friends wow. of ours have an R eight, and the power is startling. Is unreal. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, I took it up to a speed that scared me very very quickly, and then I got out of it, and then they showed me exactly how fast <laughs> really it could go yeah it's um it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful car yeah it's uh but yeah you, you, it's it's not like it's not like driving your kia right <laughs> well that i know it's just an odd thing like i know these guys are proud of their vehicles right i mean and they're beautiful vehicles to be proud of but i don't even let like i wouldn't even let my kids drive my jeep mm-hmm. if i hadn't driven with mm-hmm. them at a you know in a parking lot yeah. and made sure that and they were fully licensed and uh, insurance covers it and silly silly yeah um this was uh, interesting and it's um raising questions and i think it's an interesting question there's a fella mm-hmm. um a british scientist his name's david goodall 104 years old oh yeah he wanted to die right he wanted to die. He's been here long enough. It's time to go, and uh, had to go to a Swiss clinic to do so. He passed away earlier today, and uh, you know, at one point today, it was like he's like, "What are we waiting for?" As Those were apparently papers. his last words. Well, as they were, you know, filling out the paperwork and and all that sort of stuff, uh, he was answering all the questions that needed to be answered with great clarity, and he activated the the medicine to start things. Uh, his last words. This is taking an awfully long time. Oh. Wow. Uh, but he died shortly thereafter. Um, so he had fish and chips, cheesecake, his last meal, all that sort of stuff. But there, there's there's some people that are saying it, assisted dying shouldn't happen unless you are terminally ill. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this case, this, this man was just old and he really? said time time was enough, like time's done. And so... The conundrum there, the question being asked, is is whether or not. Well, I mean, it's allowed here, right? It's it's allowed here, and uh, he didn't want to go to Switzerland. He he wanted to do it at home, but had to go to, to this cr- euthanasia clinic at, yeah. at the age as again 104. Um, he says he regrets living to 104 years age. He believed he should be allowed to end his life, and. Uh, 
Yeah, assisted suicide, yeah, has been legal in Switzerland since the 1940s if performed by someone with no direct interest in the death. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and we're still having the assisted dying debate in Canada mm-hmm. and in many places around the world. In my opinion, at 104 years of age, if the man wants to die peacefully with help from medicine prescribed by a doctor, I uh, I, I personally have no problem with that. Um, I know other people do. I know there's some people that have a lot of problems with the assisting, assisted dying at all. But um, I believe in being able to choose your end and doing it certainly at 104 years of age peacefully it's a tough one for sure uh i don't know my sister asked me to assist her in her uh Uh suicide and i um declined in her death in her death yeah and i declined um but she did uh die shortly after that so, but it wasn't assisted dying wasn't legal at that time. That's she right. Just, yeah. Yeah. She, she had did. asked me to commit a crime, basically. But it really that wasn't part of the decision process mm-hmm. for me. It's just that I couldn't live with uh, taking my sister's life. So that's, um, I, I guess that's just an aside because the 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 argument is whether or not a person because it, assisted suicide typically comes with uh, certain criteria, like you mentioned. You have to go. Um, you have to be examined, be of uh, sound body and mind. You have to have a disease that can't be treatable, you at least have, in our country. Terminal right? illness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but in this case, he was just old. He was just old. Yeah, obviously the pros and cons are it's your body, your life, and mm-hmm. you should be able to make that decision. But um, I mean, we could all make that decision and go to a Swiss clinic if, if so, we wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, notwithstanding the the cost of doing so. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one, honestly. I, I know over the years we've done this topic and there's pros and cons to it. And people would argue that you can't possibly be of sound body and mind if you want to take your own life. So therefore, just wanting it would be proof that you're not thinking mm. properly. But I'm, if you're terminally ill... No, I understand. Yeah, you know, I understand. if you're terminally ill and would rather have a, a peaceful death than a long, drawn-out often painful, uncomfortable death for a lot of people involved. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know as well um, who's influenced that decision. So, you know, you could argue that if uh, this individual or any individual has the support of their family or their friends, um, that it could be specifically, what if you have a real nefarious family that would, yes, definitely like you to take your life because they'd like to inherit what you have or they, you know, there's... It would be hard to check all the boxes and make sure that this was a rational decision made by an individual who was I not influenced. With that. Mm-hmm. that is one of the arguments against it, though. The, if you look at pros and cons of oh, assisted yeah. death, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I, it's one of those ones that you almost have a hard time arguing it until you find yourself specifically in that you know, situation. I have a friend of mine who has ALS and is in now late stage ALS in his early 50s and he was very much um, and he has been an advocate for raising uh, awareness and and funds for research has been done a a really great job but I can remember him saying to me he's he can't he again it's late stage ALS Mm -hmm. but I can remember him telling me he said 
if I knew kind of now what I knew then and while I could still use my arms, I would have... Really? Yeah. Because, you know, like I said, there's lots of arguments. And in this particular case, there was no terminal uh, disease involved. But that's the other thing, that when government gets involved in allowing or not allowing mm-hmm. assisted suicide, they actually have an investment in that individual because the cost of palliative care or the cost of long-term treatments is expensive mm-hmm. to a jurisdiction. So making it easier to avoid that cost by legalizing... Mm-hmm. Um, Assisted suicide is, is, you know, they, they, it could be a conflict of interest. Mm, Lynn's on the phone. Hi, Lynn. Hi there, guys. How's it going? Good. What's going on? Good. Well, you know what? Uh, my grandmother lived to 108, and uh, she was a very, very healthy 108. She was one in 100 million, you could say. Wow. And she was never happy the last three or four years, even though she had all her wits and everything. She, uh, she knew, never moved into a facility before two weeks before her 102nd birthday. Oh, my gosh. She did her own shopping, her own cooking. But for about the last three or four years, she uh, she was in a wheelchair. She fell and broke her hip in the facility. And even though she was healthy, she didn't like her life. No. And uh, she ended up calling her own shots. She stopped eating and just went in her sleep. Hmm. And all the social workers and everybody said that she could have lived longer, but... Her her reason was why, you know. So did she uh, did did she have uh, did she have um, something? Um, uh, what is it? A personal directive then in place saying that you can't hook me up to feeding tubes, you can't do this, you can't do that. You know what? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure because her one son was still alive when she passed. So mm-hmm. I presume, and he was in his 80s, right? <laughs> so I presume he was in charge of everything. And I, whether she had a DNR or what she had, I do not know. Yeah, it was never needed. She was just that elderly. She was born in 1883 and passed in 1991. Unreal. And could she tell stories? What a life! Um, what the things she'd seen. Yeah, yeah you know what? Um, just because of her, I've got such an appreciation for the elderly. Every time I see one, I'd rather I just like to sit down and hear their story rather than you know uh, judge them because because they can really tell a lot of stories. But yeah, she just got tired of living. Yeah, you know her last good. Said, I don't want anything, don't send me anything. And, and she basically told us then that she uh, wanted to die, and she eventually went in August. So that was, you know, eight months later. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a tough call. It really is. And uh, when people ask you to help them uh, and assist in a suicide, um, I, can, I can see what Andrew's saying. There's, for them, it's, it's an ease of mind and everything, but it's something that you have to live with the rest of your life. So I can, I can certainly understand Andrew's decision. Lynn, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Thanks for sharing your story. We'll take a quick break here. Hold the line. Dave, your call's up next. Uh, 2.52 on the 6.30 Chat Afternoon News. Uh, We'll talk about it and then we'll move on to something else. Uh, I know a lot of you are saying it's a rainy day. Come on, let's get on to something else. But it happened today, so we're going to talk about it today. A 104-year-old man travelled to a... He's originally from uh, London or Australia. Anyway, he uh, travelled to to a Swiss clinic to die. He wasn't terminally ill by technically not with cancer or anything like that. He just said he was old and he regrets living so long in the last number of years had been quite hard on him. And he passed away peacefully today listening to uh, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony in the background and, and said uh, he doesn't, uh, he, he was very confident about this and this decision that he wanted to Yep, make. he's saying his abilities have been in decline over the past year or two. My eyesight over the past six yep. years, I no longer want to continue life. I'm happy to have the chance 
chance to end it. Dave's on the phone. Hey, Dave. Hey, how are you? Good. What's on your mind? Uh, just a quick comment. I don't think it's fair for anybody to judge. At 104 years old, like, I'm 50 and it hurts to get out of bed. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine at 104. And you've lost everybody that you know and you love. And, and, and what kind of life is that? Quality of life means a whole lot more than just sake of getting old. Just hanging around in a wheelchair, right? Well, yeah. And let's say, like, if you're waiting to die, then by all means, let them. There you go. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, David said, you know, at 104, he, he must have been hurting, and that's what he said uh, he was. But again, it opens up the question to, uh, with assisted death, mm-hmm. is it, you know, just should it just be reserved for terminally ill people, although a number of people are saying at 104, isn't that kind of being right. terminal, or or not? It's one I of just those, thought it was an interesting question. It is, it is. It's one of those topics that uh, will always be a conversation uh-huh. because there's always, honestly, strong arguments on both sides yeah. of it that make absolute sense. Yeah. It's not a black and white, it's a gray. Um, this, the, Like I say, there's you can save the, the healthcare system, save a lot of money, you can spare the patient a lot of pain, you can end his misery, his or her misery. So there's a, there's a lot of pros to it, right? Which makes it dangerous because you don't want a, a doctor giving up on treatment too soon. Right. You don't want a doctor to get it wrong. You yeah. don't, um, you know, you don't want insurance companies to influence the decision well, or governments. I, I would hope that the people around you and the patient would be fairly clear because you have to be at a certain point. If it's gone too long, mm-hmm. you can't make clear decisions. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but um, yeah, as I've said, I, I'm, I've been in support of it and and uh, have been and I, yeah, I understand there's a lot of concerns and there's there's you know some concerns based on religion morality you know all of that sort of stuff but I just I I, I can't imagine um, having a terminal disease I mean and some people want to live out as long as they can mm-hmm. um, th- there's others that just don't want to go through that or certainly want to spare their family that and um, and I'm good with that and I'm good with that. Yeah. As I say, uh, you know, in an effort to balance the conversation, I'm I'm good with it too, frankly. And Michelle just texted, a woman was killed by her husband this week. Little outcry because it happens all the time. But an old guy wants to choose how he dies and we get upset. Our priorities and how we value life is backwards. We're not upset. No. It's not upset about it. We're just asking about it. And some people are, are just questioning. Yeah, it's there's... another layer in the assisted dying debate. Right. There's no debate as to whether or not people should murder other people. That's why mm-hmm. we're not debating that. That's not a debatable story. Obviously, no one should murder anyone. Obviously, domestic violence. Domestic violence is bad. Is obviously, awful. Right, and right. There's too much of it in this province. But there's a constant and universal debate about assisted suicide, and it's not. Some jurisdictions have resolved it, and others haven't. And stories like this bring the debate to the forefront again. Uh, Two fifty-six on the six thirty Chet afternoon news. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, switching things up, we're going to talk about. Well, we're going to talk to Global Edmonton reporter Julia Wong. Did you see that uh, report that she did? Very in-depth report into um, the, how do you say, the debacle that followed the debacle that was the Metro LRT, two trains, three trains on the same track back in November. It's going to be interesting. Stick around. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.